Hey everybody, this is Logan. Uh, I just wanted to tell you guys a couple of things before we get into this show. The first, and probably the most important here, is this is the after show for our season where we played the Call of Cthulhu RPG. So if you have not listened to that season, this is going to be confusing and spoilery and not make much sense. So I would suggest if you haven't listened to the Call of Cthulhu season in its entirety, just go back in the feed and listen to that before you listen to this. Uh, the second item is that we have an email address now. Uh, we thought about this before this episode, and we were going to have you guys write in questions if you wanted to, but that kind of got lost in the shuffle. But anyway, from now on, uh, before we do an after show, we want you guys to be involved. So uh, really, any time that you have a question about a season or just, you know, want to send us an email we're at hi that's hi at vre.show so again hi at vre.show and you can send whatever kind of feedback you want on the subject of feedback we would love it if you enjoyed the season just take a minute to rate and review us on itunes that's it just it, that, that's a free way that you can help us out and it really means a lot and you'll will almost definitely read your uh, review on the show at some point. So you get that little cool thing. You get to hear your name on our show. That is pretty much it. I think we're going to go straight into this, but again, um, send any kind of questions you guys have to hi at vre.show. And, uh, now without further ado, here's our after show. No one is destined for greatness, especially not these folks. These are their stories. Encounters, a show where we play pen and paper RPGs in which we randomly determine as many things as possible, including characters, villains, names, places, and other weirder stuff. It all comes together to be a very random encounter. I'm after Lee. I'm after Logan. I'm after Travis. And I'm after Greg. <laughs> it's a tradition at this point. Well, long live the best joke on our show. Welcome to the joke that's only funny to us podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the joke for still not sure is funny. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> certain it's not like funny it. to anybody but me. I... The the joke that I am sure is funny is that we've played a system whose abbreviation is cock, cock. for yeah. 13 <laughs> episodes. And we did not make in-episode cock jokes. No, we didn't. But boy, we, we made lots of out-of-episode cock jokes. <laughs> they were flowing. The yeah. cock was really being laid on thick. Yeah, there's a lot of big old cock happening. <sighs> hey, there are a lot of feelings in that uh, finale in this season. There are a lot um, of feelings uh, in this season. This, yeah, this was God, a I've never, <clears throat> very honestly, I've never felt that passionately about uh, an. Uh, Maybe even like personally, <laughs> but definitely not as a as an imaginary yeah. person. Yeah. Do we want to start with that, or do we want to start with what was random and then get into that? Yeah, we can start with what was random. So I went to I. This was what I was so upset about the other day that I couldn't find my original hard copy pen and paper notes because it's where I had written down my original like where i went to get that random stuff mm. oh. i think oh, yeah. it was seeds of doom and i basically was just i just looked up an antagonist a reason like a inciting incident or whatever like a reason for what they're doing and then like some main plot stuff and it was the antagonist was an injured or unstable alien and then they their motivation was that was either procreation or they needed to get home 
which I know like this doesn't feel like this came up at all, but <laughs> that okay. was the creatures and motivations. Um, yeah. It just didn't matter what their motivations were at the end of the day. Yeah. And then the main plot was something. Oh, it was someone important has gone missing and must be found. I think that's what it was. And yeah. I think mm. Seeds of Doom was the website. Is that a thing? I'm looking up Seeds of Doom and it's just coming up with like Doctor Who episodes. Okay. Well, that then is maybe a good that episode, wasn't it. Though. Lee watched Lee watched the episode Seeds of Doom and then transcribed <laughs> the exact plot and turns out that's what the season was. Weird. What what? Um I don't know. I don't know why I have Seeds of Doom. Regardless, but anyway. I mean, you got it from uh, some sort of generator somewhere. I did, yeah, somewhere. And for some reason, Seeds of Doom is a thing I have jotted on a random piece of notebook. I mean, <laughs> Where did Halus come from? Okay, so that was one of the other randomizers that I had was a, just some, like, blog of some kind that basically had random things that happened on boats. <laughs> and it, it was... Um, there was a ton of them. And my original idea had been that I was going to have, like, for every week you were on the boat, something else weird was going to happen. But oh. then when I rolled the um, the Remora thing, it was too good. And we just ran <laughs> so with was, it. So the Remora... was this, like, not a Lovecraft blog, and it was just, like, a Remora attaches, and then you're like, what if it's a... Oh, yeah, no, this was just, like, a straight-up like role-playing like generic whatever and it and was so what did it say a giant oh a giant intelligent remora fish decides to attach itself to your ship okay huh. wow yeah convince it to leave or don't but it'll slow you down it's kind of endearing that uh, was what? The- That's- <laughs> what is the- yeah that is what happened That's exactly <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was that's what I rolled, and that's what we did, and it turned out real good. <laughs> yeah, and I know, and I know you were pulling the random names from so one of the like, oh Cthulhu yeah, Mythos board games yeah, to so, roll for the NPC names. Um, Arkham Horror. Mm-hmm. All of the character names are from Arkham Horror. I just yeah. like straight up every character that's in that game was what we I should, pulled names yeah. from. I mean, we can't we can't talk about in this after show without like mentioning how important arkham horror is to your life yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so logan introduced me to arkham <laughs> horror in college and at some point i introduced it to my boyfriend and he's my husband now and we basically play it every year we have every expansion we pull it out after thanksgiving and we leave it out until like february and we play it just like constantly. Wow. It's called Cthulhumus. <laughs> and it's the time of the year when you play Arkham Horror forever. And it's great. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh that's me and Arkham me, Horror. So do you, like Harvey Walters is absolutely a character. So do you have like did you come into it? with preconceived notions about what these characters were going to do. Yeah, I did. I mean, basically, so I, I rolled them randomly and it randomly came up that it was Harvey, but obviously because I have an idea in my head of who Harvey is in Arkham horror, that kind of like told me who he was in the game too. Um, Mm. I don't think, well, Agnes Baker is nobody like she's a, she's a waitress in Arkham horror. I don't play uh-huh. with her at all ever. Like her stats aren't that great. She's not a great character. So she became my own completely. I didn't use anything yeah. for her. <laughs> I was so happy when Silas Marsh became the captain of the boat. Like you don't even understand. <laughs> I was so happy. He's so I don't so know anything perfect. about this game. What about Silas? Okay. Makes so that? Um, one of the Lovecraft stories is... Um, it's about a town in Innsmouth that the people like breed with these deep one creatures that live in the ocean. And so the people turn into deep ones. Oh God. And so Silas Marsh is a descendant of the original family that made the pact with the deep ones. And so basically his whole thing was if he ever goes back to Innsmouth, he'll become a deep one. 
You remember when Silas Marsh definitely told that to Millie? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of ship people that we never like encountered. And that the lady that originally told y'all about the sound, Zoe, Mm-hmm. she's my favorite character to play in the game. And I really wanted oh. her to be like part of the game, like part of the um, podcast, but I mean, I just couldn't make it work. Yeah. Welcome yeah. To, to being a DM. I know, mm-hmm. but she, she, which it's so funny because Agnes turned out to be my favorite in the mm-hmm. podcast, even though I'd really wanted that to be Zoe's, yeah. you know, lot, but it didn't work out. <laughs> so well, Agnes was great. I don't, I loved Agnes. Yeah. That. She was, yeah. she was great. I'll just ask it outright. How how was? Uh, I thought this season was amazing, and I am super super blown away by how well this season was run by Lee. You're incredible, but the fact that this is the first time you've run a game, and this is the game you ran, <laughs> is is beyond incredible. So, what was it like on on your side oh, doing that? It was running crazy. a running a game for a podcast the first time you've run a game. <laughs> it was nuts. I stressed so hard about it. I yeah. did a few like practice runs with like just my husband or like just a couple of people. I, I think I did one with Logan yeah. and um, they were, but they were like pre-made. Well, the one I did with Logan, I did make, but it was, it followed a format that was a pre-made mm-hmm. one. And um, I, yeah, it, I don't, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> oh. yeah. I it was very stressful I think and mm-hmm. I definitely feel like I had no idea how to end it. I mean I knew like okay the thing wakes up and you fight it but I just didn't know how to it felt flat to me personally from my perspective mm-hmm. I guess because I, there's so much that could have happened or just so much that I didn't think about like I kept losing Harvey and Amanda in my brain of like, well, they have to have motivations and like reasons Mm. for what they're doing, but I could never really come up with anything. I think so. I've yet, we haven't edited that episode. Yeah. We just finished recording it as of the point where we're recording this. I'll be interested to see how, how that episode, how the finale comes out in the edit. Um, But I think in general, I think what made, however that ending comes out in, in the edit, I think what makes it in general a, a more difficult ending to land than perhaps our, our previous seasons is because so much of the season, the vast majority of the season was spent with different characters in a different setting, uh, namely the boat. Yeah. And then we get off the boat and then it's almost, it it, it it's difficult to... I mean, like certainly, no, none of the characters felt as rich as as what we developed on the boat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and then too, so in my head, we were just going to be on the boat for a couple of episodes, and then yeah. I mean, really <laughs> again, derailed. welcome to D. <laughs> yeah, I know. Halu's really derailed everything because it was so interesting, and I was so excited about it. But then also, yeah. it was like, like this can't be it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because well, you are looking for Amanda. I can't just make her appear. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, I think it was still very solid. And mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Yeah, that... I don't I don't mean to say, like, I didn't think that. Oh, yeah. No, but I didn't. But I think it, it's it's a different structure than what we've yeah. done before. Well, yeah. And also, that is the reason why it's different. Where I landed in the end with how I was going to do it was basically, this is a Cthulhu Mythos story. Yeah. Yep. You're going to die. Like, the yeah, thing yeah, happens. Yeah. It it doesn't care about you. There's nothing that you're doing or not doing that's going to change what the ancient one is going to do, you know? Yeah. So I was like, well, it's fine. It's just going to wake up, and that's going to be it. Although I did, I and I said it in the episode, I didn't think y'all would kill the birds. <laughs> and so it was going to wake up because you didn't kill the birds, but then you did. And I was like, well, <laughs> this is going to feel real weird if we don't fight this thing. <laughs> I think the interpretation is just, it was also too little too late yeah. because yeah. already the oh, water tornado happened. That's the other thing. All of that weird stuff. That was a randomizer too. Like the ooze? No, the bird, like them being oh. a bird. Like those, that was a, um, 
ritual, a ritual generator. generator. Yeah. And I didn't use what they gave me word for word because a lot of them were like, go to a tree in the morning and do da da da. But I took pieces of them and, and it was like all the, the water stuff and the birds, it was all just from that. Oh, so like not being able to throw a stone in the river because mm-hmm. it's because a stone throw is part of the ritual? Yeah. Is that the deal? Yeah. Oh. So that was oh. what all of that was. That's um, really cool. Yeah. That felt really like good when oh, you were just good. like listing off the Ravi saying like under no circumstances are you going <laughs> to touch, do touch this. this thing with a rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also another thing that really inspired this and I wish I even knew what it was, but I was listening to a anthology of like Lovecraftian stories mm-hmm. and I don't know which story it was specifically, but it was basically these people went to the jungle to find somebody's daughter or something. And um, it was such a good story because when they got there, there was no indication that anything was going to happen. It was just like, Oh, we got to the village and we found her and <laughs> we're, Oh, we see now we understand why she came here. We get it. Okay. This makes sense. Well, we're going to go back. And then the horror just came out of the water and killed them all. Yeah. Oh, and then left, <laughs> and it was just <laughs> so like, like what? you do. So yeah. basically, like what happened? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. what happened to one of us? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I guess part of what I wanted to talk about was like the difference between DMing like for your friends and DMing for a podcast. Yeah, it, yeah, it's so there's, weird. They're so different. There's so many times when like I would be thinking of something and I'd be like, well, if it was just us, I would feel okay about that. But are people going to be interested? Hmm, yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of times I was like, why are people even listening to this? Like, why? Why? Aww. This is so dumb. <laughs> Which no, clearly was... I know y'all didn't think that, but I, I, I felt it the whole time. I was just like, oh, none of this makes any sense. Aww. So I thought the season was really good, and I think a lot of people agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this seems to be like our most popular season yet. So yeah, well, I mean, I will say this: as I have done GMing for a number of different podcast things, and you do, you're just, (laughs) I mean, you sit there and think you have to, you change your focus because you're like, is this entertaining for somebody? Who is not who is here. not here, and then right. you sort of start to realize that you can't like when you're running for your friends, it's fine that the dice decide a lot of times what happens because you have time, like okay, you got derailed here well i we're meet again for three hours next week. well, just I'll come up with a different plan, and there's not that luxury a lot of the times mm. when you're doing the podcast and you're like. Let's just not roll and just make decisions that are more interesting and just go with it. Mm-hmm. And it changes your mindset. I think it's it's a very different mindset to think I have to make something entertaining for more than just the three or four people who are playing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't want to say one hundred percent absolutely never going to do this again, but I don't want to DM again. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I think that I think that's a good segue to we, it, at least internally, we've talked about how we're kind of seeing this first set of four major seasons, each ran by one of us, as like cycle one. Yeah. I think is the term Logan mm-hmm. came up with, mm-hmm. and I think I, th- you know, and this this cycle has been pretty uh, rigid in that it's like okay, we roll to see who DMs first. It's Logan, Logan DMs, and then we have a mini season where we have a guest, and then we roll, and we get Greg, and then we do Greg season, you know, we keep going like that. I think now that we've done the, you know, the random premise of our show Justice in randomly determining the first order of people to run, and we've seen what, you know, we've gotten the opportunity to have all of us run games for this show. Maybe I'm speaking for all of us uh, a little too much, but I think we would all agree that when it comes to the next cycle, I think we're going to be 
looser about, you know, maybe it's okay if a season is uh, longer or maybe it's okay if a season is shorter. Maybe it's okay mm-hmm. if one of us doesn't GM around one in, in or ever again, or <laughs> maybe it's always Greg. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think we're just going forward, going to do what we th- yeah. think what we want to do and what we think is going to make for the best I show. Mean, and if, and if Lee is, is over there saying like, this is, this activity is not enjoyable for me. I don't <laughs> yeah. think there's any reason why we should say Lee has to GM yeah. because that, yeah. I mean, there are definitely weeks where I was like, I would rather just not do this podcast, oh. <laughs> but I mean, I, and I don't want it to be like, well, I didn't have any fun. Cause I did. And I, yeah. I'm proud of what I did for this but i i do know it could have been better and maybe like this is just a learning experience and i can think out another one or I, maybe having to rely on this randomizer is what's making it so hard for me you know what i mean hmm. yeah. the randomizer is hard yeah the, the 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 format of a lot of it being out of your control like for me I find it super easy because I don't have to do a ton of work. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, great. I don't have to figure anything out. I just have to let it tell me and then I can go. But that's come after a, a lot of years of doing this. And important, importantly for you, a lot of acting experience, yeah. too. So mm-hmm. you can just improv It can your just way be like, it's fine. This is what it tells me to do. And, you know, it's just like taking suggestions from an audience. This is what they wanted me to do. And this is what I'm going to do. But... I think your experience is uniquely different because all of the comforts of control when you're first running mm-hmm. were taken from you. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I didn't literally for the, the whole last two episodes, this is what I have. Investigators talk with Harvey. Water spout appears in the water. Some younger <laughs> villages are seen leaving the water's edge. Elders are calling for the sacrifice of five black birds. The players can, uh, well, this is when I was still trying to, like, make y'all figure out that the vi- villagers were the whole thing. But then Harvey just told you that that's what the <laughs> villagers should do. But anyway, they can agree to follow rituals and sacrifice the birds. And if they don't, they have to fight. There you go. That's it. That's all I had for for two whole episodes of the show. That's it. They were like good episodes yeah. is the thing. <gasps> but they were so hard because every yeah. single thing else I did was improv. The thing where Harvey was like doing a spell, I just decided that at the end. Mm. I mean, I well, I didn't, yeah. there was nothing. Everything was just on the spot trying to make sure that it narratively makes sense, doesn't contradict something I've already said, like all of that, and just randomly come up with it on the spot. And it just, oh boy, I... I felt so much better. Like when I did that final Pam one that I wrote, it, <laughs> I just wrote the thing and you did what was on the paper. And if you came up with something that was on the paper, I, I, I reacted to it, but I had so much more yeah. to go yeah. on because I, I didn't, I just wasn't confined by, which is so weird to say you're confined by randomness, but you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. You know, in my, I think there's a, a lot more resources for D and D. Yeah. Because I, you know, I was like, I had a floor plan for everywhere you guys could go. And like the notes for each room weren't a ton, but there was a note for every room, you know? So I think that those, that made it a a lot more straightforward for me. And I think this game, uh, call of Cthulhu is, I think it was a good choice for our show in that. I think the genre was a cool, excursion mm-hmm. for us. it was it was yeah. a cool thing it was way different than anything we've, we've ever done at the same time and, and you know i was so uh m- next season we're gonna play a powered by the apocalypse game called uncharted worlds it's a sci-fi thing i because there's always been you know at least a one in four chance that i've gonna run the next game i've always had ideas kicking around at the end of every season like all right i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do for my season if it if the dice roll that it's me it hasn't ever been me until now because we're gonna roll a 1d1 <laughs> turns out i'll i'll do it but you know back way way back during D D when we were playing the first season i wanted to run 
Warhammer 40k. Not because I love Warhammer 40k. I I wanted to run uh, Dark Heresy, which is a Warhammer uh, role playing game. Not because I love Warhammer 40k, and not even because I love like um you know really grim dark science fiction where everybody dies and it's <laughs> and it's depressing and everything's covered in grime. I don't even really like that stuff a lot and that's the main reason i decided wait why would i do this if i don't actually like it but in my head i was like oh this would be so fun for our show Mm -hmm. because it would it 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 seemed to me like it would fit super well right like the point of uh, a game that dark is to show is to make the characters um feel a sense of awe like they are powerless in the face of something incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. um and that's very similar to call of cthulhu right yeah uh, and and our randomness makes games like that seem like they would be a perfect fit because in a lot of ways that's what the randomness can often add is like I didn't choose the setup I have and I didn't choose the situation I'm in but I have to live with it is mm-hmm. is often what the randomness randomness says and I thought that those two ideas would be a match made in heaven and I think with games like that it it's maybe not as perfect of a match because I don't know. It's, I I think it falls too far into just like death is meaningless. (laughs) (laughs) And like, maybe that's, I don't know. Like, I think, I think Ada's death is meaningful and I think we'll get there. But, um, I think, I think how combat worked in that final episode, um, maybe tells us like, this type of game is maybe something to to shy away from for that reason. Even yeah. though I think this death was meaningful, I think I needed Call of Cthulhu as a crutch because it's a world that I understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. intimately. But it's I mean that's literally the only reason I picked it. I didn't know the system. I had to learn it. Um, I still don't really think I grasp how fighting works in the system. I, I mean, but I was just like, oh, who yeah. cares? We're just going to fight the way I want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, I definitely didn't do a whole lot of things in the system, so it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, I don't know. I just need definitely some time to reflect and... <laughs> figure out because i am kind of excited like we found that um ghostbusters thing yeah and that could be like so, a, a really cool thing to do so i don't know yeah we'll see uh, so i i want to say uh it's in your twitter bio and you yeah. texted it to me a bunch of times <laughs> but uh aptitude is not the same thing as inclination mm-hmm. and i do want to reiterate that you do have incredible aptitude and <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. Thanks. Because this season Absolutely. was amazing. Was very, so many of the characters felt so real. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, and I mean, honestly, I think part of that is, like I said, I'm so, like, the Cthulhu mythos is a huge part of my life. Yeah. So um, my first tattoo was a Cthulhu emblem thing. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. An elder sign? No, it's like a... um. It's Cthulhu, but it's like a um, outline of him. It's, like it's stylized. the yeah, logo cool. from a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk about characters? Yeah. Let's yeah, do sure. It. I I can go first if you want me to. Sure. Do it. Uh, oh, so- sorry. Were you waiting for me? I'm dead. I can't respond. <laughs> oh. I know. I I'm know kidding, how that I'm feels. Kidding, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, You guys are in the death club. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> It's very exclusive. Oh, well, um, yeah, no, Bloodwin is is so weird, and I love him very much. Oh, uh, I loved all of your characters. <laughs> so I don't even know, like, when we rolled up his random stats, I think he he just had a lot of money, right? Like that's what we. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a big boy with a lot of money, <laughs> right? He had he had big. He had big body stat, but not big strength stat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of implied that he was like out of shape and a portly gentleman with money. And I don't know, like as soon as we had something where, oh, he had, yeah, he has a hundred in persuade because I because basically because I didn't know what else to do with my character sheet. 
I was just like, well, this will take care of like 80 points. <laughs> I'll just put it all here. Um, uh. And so when it came time to actually do the persuading, I was like, it just in, in on the spot. I was like, Bloodwin would cry about this. <laughs> and I think that informed the character like the whole rest of the way. <laughs> like, oh, this is <laughs> he's I don't know. He's dopey and cries to get his way and also tr is trying to love everybody. But he's really I don't know. I don't know. I like Bloodwin a lot. Yeah. I can't really. Yeah. You guys know. You listen to the episodes. <laughs> people presumably listening to this. Um. So while y'all are talking, I'm going to send this um, Halusa's original sound to you. Oh. What it came oh from. no. Yeah. Um. But oh, y'all keep talking because I gotta find it. Okay. Greg, you want to go? Sure. Millie was Millie. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I had to start from a point of, I mean, what informed a lot of Millie is, you know, I picked age 27 and then I thought about the time period and I was like, well, why would, by stat reasons, an attractive of age woman not be married and have children and be saddled with that life? So what, what happened? And then I sort of started thinking about who she was. And I, I struck upon the idea that she does things that society feels is right more than what she thinks is right. Mm -hmm. um, and so her entire, at age 16, to decide to marry her high school sweetheart so he could feel, so he could have something to come home to was a foundational idea that she did this thing because people around her, like, it's so sad that he is going off to war and has nobody to come home to. Mm -hmm. um, and that and just sort of informed how she was beholden to a lot of forces outside of herself. And then also what sort of informed is that, you know, she doesn't have any money uh, and she's an outdoors person. So she was that character that, did everything she could to try to make a buck in a society that didn't want her to fill a role other than you should be at home taking care of children. Um, and she very much used her dead husband as a way to avoid that conversation. Like it was uh, in my mind, she would fall back to, I can't get married. I can't get into this relationship because I'm a, I'm a war widow and she could just avoid the whole thing until she figured out who she was and that also just you know if she's very skilled which she was why couldn't she you know keep a job was another thing that i was thinking about and i it came up and i wanted to bring it up during one of the big fights uh when ada said you know nobody expects you to be prepared for things you can't be prepared for and in millie's brain it was then you have clearly never worked for the rich <laughs> uh, like she was always in charge of their children and if they came home with a scratch because something went wrong it didn't matter she should have known yeah. and that should have been stopped and that's very much what her mind was always in you know mm -hmm. her constantly needing to be prepared was this is how I survive this is how I plan for every possibility um, and we can, and, and I think, and I'll probably touch on this when we talk about the episode, but she looked, I don't, I don't think her history with Blodwin was free of him either coming off a binge or needing to go on a binge or being in a binge mm -hmm. and never being comfortable with how to handle that. Like, Blodwin does things that don't make sense because... He is at a level where he doesn't have to do things that make sense. <laughs> and that a lot of that informed what would come later. So that's that was my basis for who who Millie was and why she did the things she did. And then we can sort of talk about the whole Halu situation when we want to talk about the whole Halu situation. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't have to play with Millie 
because I feel like, I mean, Agnes was obviously my... You would have killed her episode too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Agnes was my stand-in and you saw how she reacted to her. Yeah, I it mean... It was not great. It, <laughs> it felt like, in all the other ones that we've played, I mean, I, I played in the D&D one and then this one, like, and a lot of them, there were a lot of people who were very okay with what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I wanted them to, to play very much and very nervously. I was very nervous to do it. Play somebody who absolutely was not comfortable in this world. Yeah. Yeah. She... I thought, I mean, Millie was really cool. And I'm so impressed with how you did that. And I mean, I don't think I could have pulled it off or like even come up with it. But like that, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, me too. I was very, I was very scared. But I thought that's a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ada. So she, um, when I, when I rolled or when we rolled counterfeiter for her, I mean that a lot of things fall into place there. Yeah. She's a criminal, uh, by, uh, definition. Also, I can't do a British accent. (laughs) So if we were going to start in England, I needed someone who wasn't from England because that's just, there are a lot of voices I can do that. I can do it for like a line and then I'm out. Like I cannot sustain that accent. It always devolves into Australian um, <laughs> or, or yeah, it, it's, I can't do it. So, uh, so I thought like, Oh, it would be fun to play this woman who's and you know, counterfeiter 1920s. I was like, well, I have to be from the mob. It's just, it's too perfect. So, so she's from New York, so she has that voice. Um, <laughs> and then in terms of like her personality, I with Zegnilm and Doyle, my two previous full season characters, they're, they're very different from each other. But one thing they have in common is they're both pretty, I guess, introverted, the right word. I don't know. They're, they're both pretty uh, reserved people, um, except for when Zegnilm gets angry, he needs uh, they need to get angry. But... Mm-hmm. Like other than other than that, they're both pretty like reserved people. They're not gonna say anything that's gonna get anyone in trouble. So I wanted to play someone who would <laughs> say the <laughs> wrong things. And and then in terms of like what I wanted with this, what I wanted like the story I wanted to tell with her, I think it was sort of a, like a throwaway line in the first episode just to get her involved somehow because she doesn't really have a. Uh, otherwise, she didn't really have a motivation for going along other than to say just. She is where I said, you know, she can't do nothing for very long. So um, she's always jumping into uh, bad situations just to keep herself entertained. And that's the wrong attitude to have when (laughs) you are playing Call of Cthulhu. (laughs) And I think I wanted to like look at I didn't know uh, when we started what I wanted the answer to that to be. But I wanted to look at this person who can't sit still and like that's just not who she is. She's she's gonna do the hard thing and gonna do the dangerous thing just because that's she has to she has that itch and um what does that look like in a world where death is quick and uh often uh you have to make make meaning out of your life and and how do you do that when you're making choices that could end your life uh quicker than you anticipated so (laughs) i was horrified when i realized that i had not considered what y'all's hp was (laughs) <laughs> and you killed me in one hit yeah i was just like no i messed up i didn't want it not like no this. i think i think i think it's good for the character's arc yeah. because like oh yeah it's it's realistic for who she is and you know that she didn't learn her lesson like <laughs> or maybe she did and maybe the lesson she learned is it doesn't matter if yeah if this gets me killed like i am always going to be this person and that's part of her that is integral to her. So to to lose that part of her, might she might as well be another person. So um, sometimes there are consequences for that. Yeah. And like, okay, so she also had great. Like, if we're gonna have a character die, I don't think anybody had like you. You immediately went to the uh, double headed coin, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I, I I hadn't thought of that when I decided to flip the coin initially, but once she died, I was like, oh, I need to have yeah. the double sided yeah. coin. 
And then when I realized that I could, I could actually, Bloodwind could make good on his promise that we had that yep, so accidentally amazing. alluded to. Oh yeah, I hadn't even considered that, and I'm like, why is Logan texting me asking me for all of Ada's aliases? Whatever. <laughs> that but was yeah, so when I realized good. I could do that, I was like, oh my god, we we accidentally did uh, <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was so good. Uh, so you guys want to talk about this cute kitty? Yeah. Wait, hold on. I'm gonna listen to it now. So you're telling me this is that what I'm about to listen to is the original source of the terrifying holy mm-hmm. sound. I'm gonna put it up in front of my microphone. It still sounds horrifying. It is. It's awful. He's just like eating grass. Yeah. So I have a giant lemongrass plant, <laughs> and I don't exactly. I guess. I guess what happened was the first time I bought the lemongrass, I brought it in the house and he went crazy for it. (laughs) He loves it. So now every time we go out our back door, we pull him off a little piece of lemongrass and let him eat it. Well, one day my husband was feeding it to him and was like, this is the weirdest sound. And he was, he was thinking about the podcast. And so he recorded it and sent it to me and he's like, you have to use this. (laughs) (laughs) It's so disturbing. Yeah, it's just it's my gross. cat eating grass, but he he makes such weird noises when he's eating grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have to change him much. I mean, basically all I did was like I duplicated the track and slowed it down, slowed like one of them down and sped one of them up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and so then I just collapsed them down into each other. And then for the boat one, I held up a cup to the microphone and blew into it. <laughs> yeah, cool. One of the one of the sound effects I did for when so there there's two sound effects that happen when Bloodwin uh sees through Haluza's eyes and sees Yeah. the deep space yeah, yeah. stuff. One of the sounds I got from shoutouts to anyone who makes sounds on freesounds.org, <laughs> freesound.org. I think it's freesounds.org. Um, a lot of those are uh, people just put up and they say, as long as you attribute who made this, it's good. So that's why in all the descriptions we use those, you can find those sound effects uh, so that they're attributed properly. One of those is like a, a crinkling, like a bring, bring kind of sound <laughs> effect from there. Really cool sound effect that I'm not doing a great job mimicking. But the other is just me exhaling for a long time into the <laughs> microphone that's the that's the whooshing sound that you're that's hearing great. and i think so i good. put reverb on yeah. it yeah so he was i in my head he was being called i decided he was like the remora for like a star spawn or something for any of the listeners that do know cthulhu mythos you know like some giant space creature and he's the remora for it but like the space creature needs its remora and was calling him because the waking up of the thing in the, what is it called? Hag, Hagnar, Hagrig, Hagrig, yeah, Hagrig Rionis, um, was also, it was causing like a ripple effect of the other creatures that were around kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, that stars are right kind of idea. And that's where he was going, but he didn't know. I mean, he was just like, I don't know. I got this thing's calling me and I got to go. I don't, (laughs) I don't understand the thing I'm attached to. I just know I have to do it. Cause I, I I, love how like, like he eventually was just like, I don't really feel like doing this anymore. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) No. Well, when, when, uh, right. We killed it. Yeah. He killed it and it, it wasn't calling him anymore. So it was just like, Oh, okay. But like two halloos. Yeah. Haluz was like, man, I really got to go down south. That's true. That's and, true. Yeah. And then got almost down there, like, you know what? I don't need. Yeah, to go I'm down good. Down. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> you know what? On second thought, let's not go there. You know what? Actually, fuck this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So do we want to talk about the, the episode? episode? Uh, episode episode nine episode nine the one i was dreading because i knew what i was going to do and (laughs) i wasn't telling anybody yeah so i you might not know it by uh listening to that one uh 
I think it's the best. Oh, so I think it's the best thing we've ever yeah. done. I, this yeah, episode I agree. This season. You might not know it from listening to it, but uh, only uh, Greg really knew what was going to be going down that day. <laughs> right. We didn't. Uh, we didn't know what we were getting into. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, but Greg made some decisions. I made. Millie made some decisions. I made some decisions about Millie. So there was a couple of things that led up to me making that decision, and it. Namely, that so for our listeners, this is the episode where Millie, Millie finally decides I'm have I I have had enough of everybody, of, of Bloodwin indulging this creature in his mind that speaks to demons, and I'm done with everybody pretending that's, that's okay. okay. Uh, so there's a couple of things that that would have flipped the script. Um, one, she's a very practical girl. I mean, and I was relying on her thing with the snake. So if she could have been in the diving suit, it would have been vastly mm. different because it's something she could have seen. Um, yeah. But instead, that event became Ada has stolen money from me. Like, this was a skill yeah. I could have. And I definitely uh, pushed that. Like, I. Yeah. yeah. I I let I did let the dice decide, but I wanted it to be Ada because I saw <laughs> it was happening and I kind of wanted to go with it. Yeah. So yeah. even though like Millie made all the checks, I was like, well, if Ada makes better <laughs> checks, see. then she'll get it, and yeah. Yeah. then this is gonna go down. And then <laughs> knowing like Bloodwin had been looking for a way to deal with his fear of being on the sea. And just the general, like, their history together, I very much was like, you know, she's run into his madness before. Mm -hmm. And all that led up to her, just the, that whole event of her being cut out became the fuel of all of her anxieties, mm -hmm. all of her anger, all of her feeling unworthy, um, which is why she just pulled away. Um, it was just it, it was one of those things where looking at who she was, I mean, and pulled away in her way, which was still going out and training, still going out and uh, making sure she's prepared for what she saw as reality. But divorcing all of her anger towards people who were supposed to be her friends who have who had in her mind done her wrong. Yeah. And then for and and what was sort of the absolute tipping point was Blodwin coming in and overriding her coping <laughs> with his like I think for her that was the first time she felt the aristocrat in him of coming in uh, and saying yeah. no this is reality this is how you have to deal with it and that just yeah. broke her. Just that was that was the like that was like the biggest betrayal because I I touched on it in, and I didn't want to go very far into it, but she had sort of this family thing. Like it was Blodwin's job to be the dad and to protect her world in that way, and Blodwin stopped being dad and started <laughs> started being like everybody else, and that was that's what went into. But that's what brought me into my mindset going into episode nine. I think that episode goes a lot differently um, as well if Ada were at all a patient person. Yes. Yeah. I think because she has the moment where she's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I think that I think that passive aggression. Uh, that's the wrong word for it. But you know what I yeah. mean? In Millie, I think that continues if. That were anybody else sitting in the chair across from her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because cause Ada, and I haven't, you know, Ada's not, she, her whole thing is she speaks her mind. And her mind right there was, no, this is bullshit. So <laughs> we went there. And, and like, you know, that episode is really more of a Blodwin Millie episode um, with that, with that um, sort of reconciliation conversation they have. But, but I think it also says a lot about Ada and like how close she's willing to get to people, how, you know, she's the type of person where like if someone's asking a lot of her and then, you know, she will 
probably just be like, all right, fuck that. I don't care enough <laughs> to continue trying this. I I did my piece. Like I th- I think that episode, even though it is more of a Millie Bloodrun episode, I think it says a lot about Ada too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think it very much. It's an Agnes episode too. Holy oh, cow! That's a <laughs> yeah. that's a Lee episode. That's a. <laughs> I think that event put sort of a nail in the coffin of how far Millie was willing to extend out to Ada anymore. Yep. Like the one line that very much solidified and changed even further her opinion of Ada was the whole thing about nobody expects you to be prepared for things you can't be prepared for. And it just yeah. was, it just like character wise, I sort of went, and then that's the end of her ever relying on Ada for anything because <laughs> she clearly yeah. has never been beholden to anybody but herself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was, that was just, then we were done. And then she brings somebody else in on it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm so impressed oh, with Agnes. like how like how much y'all think about your characters and like <laughs> how into you get because I mean like well with Gregory Hayden I definitely was just like I don't know what I'm doing. I mean that whole first season I think I was just kind of like what have I gotten myself into? Was the first time you would play a game a role Yeah, it game. was. And so I was just like I don't know what I what have I agreed to? I don't know if I'm cut mm. out for this. But then by the end, like I really did, she got into my head and I really did think about her more because at first it was like, okay, uh, I've hit stop on my record and now I'm going downstairs and I don't think about Gregory Hayden again until (laughs) I hit record the next week. And so it was like, I didn't know what her motivations were, what she wanted or, you know, what, like, I don't know. I wasn't thinking about it, but then it was a little easier with Aqua where it was like. I did like her right away, at least, but I still mm-hmm. didn't think about her all that much outside of, like, the day that we record. Yeah. yeah. And then with this, like, oh, I just thought about it all the time. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't. And I'm playing in another campaign right now, but I kind of feel the same about that character, too, where I'm just like we've gotten so far into it. Everyone else has all of these things that they're trying to do and they have all this stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know what my character wants. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. Like, where do you, I don't know. I'm just impressed that you all do so well with that. Which isn't to say, I don't I think mean, my characters are good. I, and I definitely I think, think it's are, a yeah. valid way to play them. I just, I don't know. I mean, you're like, you're fairly, new to doing any of this stuff yeah and i think that uh, usually like most of the characters that are well i mean you do a great job with a lot of characters yeah, yeah. like with i thought shanti and samati was really good like they, it came across that they were husband and wife and you were having a conversation with us <laughs> as both of them at the same time so that's just a feat but <clears throat> i think that like aqua gregory and um agnes agnes are all you yeah and so whenever you get impassioned, that's like real emotion. So, I mean, you spend your whole life being you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. in that true. way, you're thinking about your characters all the time. And that's a very natural thing to do for anybody starting out in RPGs is to make a character that's them. Yeah. But and not I, even just starting out, like people who play a long time still play themselves yeah, all yeah. the time. But I would also it's say. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad thing. And also you were really successful at it because all, you know. Because you're cool, so I I'm like to, to pretty you, great. Katie. So yeah, just make like great <laughs> yeah. It's it's just a it, uh, it's just it's, I think I, I think I'm probably similar to Logan and Greg in that I get a lot of enjoyment out of thinking about this imaginary person's feelings, mm-hmm. um, and like putting myself in a different being someone that I don't that I don't get to be a lot yeah um yeah. being someone that uh you, you know it's just a fun exercise for my brain to be like uh, a lot of my character oh so that, that that that's also the thing is like a lot of my characters are kind of a lot like me uh like zegnil and doyle are a good example i don't really and and 
Ada too. I don't really get close to people a lot. Like a lot of people um will like I have a very hard time like opening up and just saying like here are all of my feelings and <laughs> You know, I I have a hard time showing I care. I, I'm 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 not great at that. Um, and oh, and as a result, a lot of my characters are like that too. Um, Zegnil is a bad example of this, but like Doyle, his whole thing is like he, a lot of his emotions are are very. Um, he buries them, mm-hmm. and then they come out in huge outbursts, and that's that's a lot of me, you know. And Ada. Ada is a different kind of that where she's just like, all right, this relationship takes way too much effort on my part. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's also another side mm-hmm. of my coin. And so I think a lot of my characters are like very extreme examples of bad ways that I deal with relationship things because mm-hmm. I can act out these characters and feel like if if they can figure out how to have meaningful relationships with people, then that those those are insights to how i can be better at at doing the same thing i don't i don't know if i'm making sense but yeah yeah definitely. absolutely yeah i i i totally view characters a lot of times as like a form of therapy or i mean even if it's like to be yeah. somebody different for a while but yeah absolutely like i don't know i tend to be a sap when I play a character, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it, it it at least comes out as a as a part of that personality, and yeah, I mean, I often will explore aspects that I see in others that I don't get, ah, uh, yeah, and then try to explore what that's like, partly to help me figure it out, but also just to sort of gain a little empathy. Towards it, because I mean, Millie didn't start out with the way that I wanted her to, but uh, mm. in just sort of thinking about a lot of different things and then sort of pulling in aspects of various other people, I was like, okay, let's sort of explore a person who's just not, who's not comfortable, who's not, <laughs> who's got a lot of pent up just general fear. Like I recently took one of those online things that rates all of your aspects, blah blah blah, and it's like most people I know are like eighties and ninety percent anxiety, and I was eighteen percent anxiety. So like that's <laughs> wow. such a foreign concept to me. Huh. Like I don't wow. get like with people like I just couldn't do it because I was too anxious, and that's so not in my brain space because mm. I'm like why. <laughs> like, oh, wow lucky lucky guy yeah my husband's like, like yeah, I, don't, yeah, I mean i have cool. i have a club of one around here <laughs> I, I, I have plenty of other problems but anxiety isn't one of them and so yeah. i wanted i also sort of wanted to because we got rid of sanity um explore mm-hmm. what happens to a person in this type of world as well like not force like not the dice roll says you are now afraid of which yeah that was like water. what the dreams were about too and that's yeah. why Ada never really got any cuz she didn't start out with the thing and so then once she saw mm. Halus I changed her roles so that ah. she would be more likely to get them and she still just rolled like great I I slept like a baby yeah, so mm. yeah it didn't matter what I did. And I am sleeping like a baby forever, forever because, because I'm dead. Aww. <laughs> because your dreams didn't teach you right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of me that goes into my characters, but it's also a lot. I mean, I have a little bit of, you know, I was trained. I've got my degree in theater arts for acting. So I, I tend to approach things in a different in the way that I was trained, really, how I was trained to look and read and develop. And, um, you know, you're trained how to be able to look at a scissors you've never touched before and come up with a way to make them your, you know, your recently passed grandmother's scissors like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> that's a skill that I had to that I took a lot of years to do. <laughs> um, so I approach things in a very different way, I think because of that 
Wow. Well, I am glad to be closing these documents that have been open for two months. Because <laughs> we are now officially Aftercock. Should we talk about uh, plans for next week and beyond? Absolutely. Next week, we think there's going to be a Fiasco special. Fiasco is a very fun game. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a Christmas special. We just don't know all of the details yet. Um, But after that, it's gonna be very fun. Uh, After that. I'm going to be running Uncharted Worlds. It's not actually a game I've heard a lot of people play, but it. I knew that I wanted to run a uh, Powered by the Apocalypse game, not because just like I only run Powered by the. I feel like there's. <laughs> I feel like there's a there's a weird thing happening right now where there's a weird type of snob who's like I only play Powered by the Apocalypse. Game. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that person. That is an unfortunate um, thing that's happening right now. <laughs> but I know that that's the type of game that I'm going to be able to run better because I am bad at keeping track of things about numbers and characters, and I and and powered by the apocalypse games tend to do better tend to be better for that where I don't need to really care about initiative and and all that so. That'll be nice. Um, and it's a uh, and once I looked into the game, there's a lot of cool mechanics. I think char- character creation is going to be amazing. The mechanic that replaces like a Dungeons and Dragons um, class and race uh, system, the mechanic that uh, Uncharted Worlds does for that is awesome, and I'm really excited for it. And I'm I think Logan's going to edit this episode, but I'm going to send Logan a link to the playlist that i listen to when i brainstorm for uh my upcoming season because um more so than any science fiction story these songs are weirdly the my (laughs) major my main inspiration for the season so everybody can get hyped by listening to everything from the talking heads to uh the stoner metal band the sword to elton john so I'll send you that oh, uh, link to that uh, playlist. I can't. Okay. First of all, I'm excited to be a character again. Second of all, <laughs> I'm excited for what Logan does to the theme song. Third of all, <laughs> I just thought about that too. I forgot what the third of all was. Dang. You're excited There's... about that playlist, maybe? Maybe. I, I actually, I just said that my biggest inspiration was those songs. That's. Partly true. Maybe my biggest inspiration is the part of Command and Conquer Red Alert where, or maybe it's Command and Conquer Red Alert 3, where Tim Curry as some sort of uh, USSR <laughs> leader is dressed up in some Stalin- Stalin-esque garb and he says, I'm escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. <laughs> Space! <laughs> uh, that might be my main inspiration for my good. space season. Oh. We're escaping to the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism. Space! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that video is the best. Those games yeah. were really cool. When I, was, I really liked those games. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to say is my advice to anybody that's playing or running a game for the first time is just relax and it's going <laughs> to yeah. be fine and go with your gut and also, passive perception is a great thing, and you should probably just come up with it for your characters, even if that's not in your system. Because <laughs> uh, having an yeah. idea in your head of how well you think your characters might see something is just huge. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I. It's a good point. I so many times I was just like, "Well, spot hidden doesn't really make sense here." I just wish we had perception, and I know it's meant to be the same thing, but it's not. No, it's not. And mm-hmm. anyway, so that's yeah, yeah. And the, my biggest fear was that I was gonna sound like Apu from The Simpsons when I did <laughs> when I when we got to India, yeah. and I don't think I did. I no, you did. I don't think you did so, either. You did good. I'm proud. Yay! How do we end these I after don't know. shows? Let's, I think we're. The music fades up and yeah. no more cock. Oh, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same as we always do. Get, open the dock. Open the Don't dock. Don't talk about cock. Open the cock dock. <laughs>
Wait, what? Uh, You're on the dock. You looked at it. <laughs> I am here. It's true. You're gonna need it. I'm you, telling you, 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 you have. I'm on the dock. I never <laughs> thought I'd be here so <laughs> Um, read it as after Travis, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is at. Hello. This is after Ooh. Travis. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Find us on Facebook and Twitter at VRECast, or check out our website at VRE.show. You can follow Lee at Yosef Bridge, Logan at Logan Jenkins, me, Travis, at the Travis W, and Greg at Whitewing. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about the show if you like what we're doing. Those are the best ways to help us out. One member of the Inner Sanctum, I don't have one. Uh... Oh, uh, you mean I can... I can pull it up quick. Maxio Max. Braggart. This podcast has the perfect amount of randomness with still a great story. The people who run this show are great at their job, and they make me laugh every time a new episode comes out. Would recommend to anyone who likes roleplay D&D type games. Yeah, sure. We can we can edit it like that. It's, it's the, after the after show. After, show. after cool. goodbye, ba-na, everybody. Ba-na, <laughs> Hey, thanks thanks again, Lee. Yay. Yeah, thanks again. How do we do any of this? I don't How do we know. Do the it's not in the dock. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's exactly. Are we in it? I we are in, in it. it. <laughs> we're in it. I'm not a hundred percent sure that we're in it. I think we're we're as in it as well, we're gonna get. Because should we still do welcome to? No, I mean that's dumb. But I can put weirder stuff back in. Oh, but we, yeah, yeah, we because we do the I'm after Logan, yes. I'm after Lee. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, so we actually do do the normal intro. Okay, uh, I just did it. So. <clears throat> No, but you're the. Oh, you did? Oh, the... do I have to do it? Yeah. Oh, right. I did just do it because I do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to Very Random Encounters, a show where we play pen and paper RPGs and make random. Greetings. I'm Keith McLean, and I host a podcast called Game Masters College. On it, I speak with game masters of all styles and experience levels, discussing the craft, telling stories, and giving advice. If you're an aspiring GM who wants to learn the ropes, or an expert who loves talking RPGs, give it a listen. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts or at dicetomeetyou.com.